Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to, no- to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday evening in Pittsburgh, the first one of September, and the penultimate one before the start of the Steelers 2022 regular season on September 11th. So, as always, I hope it's great wherever you are right now if uh, you're watching me live on youtube or facebook or if you're listening to me in audio form i hope it's a great lovely time wherever you happen to be in steeler nation and before i continue i'd like to ask you as i always do to please like and subscribe to our behind the store curtain youtube channel we bring you live shows each and every day and night just a little while earlier on Friday evening, we brought you the t- Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison, who were bringing you Steelers content from Australia. Um, that's every Friday around 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And of course, there's this show. We have Bad Language over the weekend. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate, who is having a birthday on September 2nd. So happy birthday to Kevin. 
At least that's what I understand anyway. Uh, we have pregame stuff, uh, postgame shows. Uh, Monday, we have The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis, uh, Shannon White, and yours truly. Tuesday, we have The Scobro Show with Dave and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. And then, as I mentioned, we have preview every Thursday with Jeff Hartman and Dave and Brian. Let's see, uh, is that it for all of our live shows? I believe it is. And of course, you can catch all those shows live on Facebook. And uh, also, after the fact, on any audio platform of your choosing. And we have a whole host of, of audio-only shows that you, you can listen to each and every week, including Let's, Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, The Steelers Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. Bad Language, I believe, is on. It's an audio show, so I stand corrected. Bad Language is now an audio-only show. So that's on the audio side. The War Room with Matty Peverall. From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey, if I didn't mention that already. And um, we have a bunch of other shows. So please check those out. And again, you can find them on any any uh, place where you can, we can find podcasts. You can find our channel. It's a quickly, rapidly growing channel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always forget this one. The uh, What you're talking about podcast with... Kyle Christ, the very entertaining Kyle Christ and his buddies out there on the West Coast. And they will be doing the primetime post-game shows during the regular season. So check those guys out. You won't be sorry. And check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website. We're bringing news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. Let's see who we have in the live chat on this lovely Friday evening. Who was number one? Kathy Ford says, hi, Tony. Hello. Jared Devil, bridesmaid again, number two, but he's always up there at the top of the list. State of the Steelers. Also, yeah, State of the Steelers has a, has a, has a podcast too. So you can check that out every week. Danny Owens Jr., Kyle Christ, who says, heard this guy hates Penn State. Hey, what, what can I say? I'm, I'm a Pitt fan, Kyle. If you're a Penn State fan, surely you can understand this. On the other side, you know, nothing personal, except it is. It's it's sports, college sports, which is probably the most personal of them all. I'll get more into more of that later. Anyway, welcome to Kyle. We have uh, Steelers Chick 46, Steelers Pittsburgh, Benjamin Bennett, Double B is with us. All right. I'm primed for a lovely uh, Labor Day weekend six-pack, so to speak. So let's talk about some Steelers news. Um, following their 19-9 victory over the Lions last week, they had to make their their uh, final cut down to 53 players on Tuesday. And there really wasn't a ton of surprise, I guess. Um, you know, we hype these players up so much that even the, the guys that are really on, on the fringe of the roster, when they get cut, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they cut that guy. Like, why can't you believe it? They're on the fringe of the roster. But among the notable cuts were 
Tyler Vaughn's, uh, Anthony McFarlane, um, Joe Haig, veteran lineman uh, that they brought in last year. Um, uh, Derek Tuska was, 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 was cut, signed to the practice squad, and I believe he got picked up by another team on Friday. I think it was the Titans, I want to say. But, uh, yeah, so they were among the notable cuts. Um, was I, was I totally, uh, shocked by anything? No. Was I happy? Eh, it doesn't really. I, I, I've seen enough players come and go as far as, uh, the cut down day, as far as, you know, getting the ax and then finding their way back here, including Jamar Jones, who, they acquired, um, I guess it was on Thursday, I'm going to say. They picked him up after after he was the star of last year's training camp and preseason. They cut him. People couldn't believe it. And now he's back. Uh, a few years ago, it was Tuzar Skipper. Like, oh, I can't believe they cut Tuzar Skipper. And uh, they eventually brought him back, and then they cut him again. So uh, there, there was nothing that really, again, nothing that shocked me and, and nothing that made me happy or you know like i said these guys that are that are on the fringe you know i mean some of them are going to wind up helping the steelers but most you know are, are just going to you know basically be bodies you know yeah, yeah they're going to help them you know, get through games but they're not going to make more than likely they're not going to make a huge difference in in the 20 the outcome of the 2022 campaign as any, any other season, it's going to come down to the to the to the star players, the starters, the the import the important role players. You know, um, for example, people are just mad that Marcus Allen was cut and then and then brought back, but Marcus Allen is just a you know he's a special teams guy, and he's a down the line inside linebacker. Now he he's a converted safety. Now. Allen was originally cut and then brought back, but I think that was more um, strategic because I think they they had to they had to get down to a fifty three man roster before they could put certain players on the injured reserve list to start the year. So they probably told Allen, you know, we're gonna, we're going to let you go, but but stick around, stay by your phone, keep your phone on because we're going to bring you back. You know, they, they had to. Um, Put Calvin Austin, the fourth round pick. They had to put him on, on IR with a, uh, as I found out today, a Liz Frank sprain that he suffered right before the uh, first preseason game. So he's on the IR to start the year, and I'm guessing uh, he won't be on the IR the entire year. I'll probably be back. I think the minimum is a month, maybe six weeks. Uh, but if he suffered a Liz Frank sprain uh, before the Seattle game. Uh, Usually these things take about a month to heal, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, when he does come back, he should be uh, at least 100% healthy. Um, and then, of course, they had to put, unfortunately, uh, DeMonte Kazee on the IR because uh, he, he suffered a, a broken wrist in the preseason finale against Detroit the other day. And that one was was really a shame, I think, because I didn't really know much about the guy when they, when they picked him up. I guess it was on May 3rd. They signed him. Uh, you know, he's, he's spent he spent time with Atlanta. 
and he spent last year with Dallas. He was a fifth round pick in 2017. And I think much of it because he was, again, he was signed in May and usually those kind of free agents aren't, aren't uh, heralded. They're not, you know, they don't get much publicity other than places like behind us or curtain, but you know, there really wasn't a whole lot of talk about him. But then once training camp started, it became clear that he was going to be a, an integral part of their secondary in 2022. Someone who can, who could play the, uh, the deep safety uh, and kind of free up Micah Fitzpatrick to, to do some um, freelance work and to play in the box, things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I was really starting to become a fan of his, like, like a lot of people were, you know, watching him play in the preseason, he, he was really impressive. And then of course he suffered that injury. And I don't know how long he's going to be out. If it's a broken wrist, I'm sure, you know, he could probably come back and, in maybe a, a month or two, I'm guessing. So hopefully he'll get back in time to be a, an important part of their secondary to really factor in, into their plans. Like they were hoping he would. It's funny. I was watching the, uh, the pregame show the other day on, uh, on KDKA uh, prior to the Lions game. And, and they did a feature on, on Kazee and they, he had an, an interview, I guess it was with uh, Missy Matthews, but anyway, they, they kept showing highlights of him making tackles. And I kept, and I said to myself, boy, he, he likes to kind of tuck his head and go low to, to make these tackles. I realize he's a, he's a, a DB, but you know, maybe he should try wrapping up, you know, and sure enough, that's how he got hurt in the game. Um, he kind of ducked his head and, and tried to take out the, uh, the Lions uh, ball carrier, I think it was Justin Jefferson, or I'm sorry, Justin Jackson. And he wound up catching uh, the uh, the ball carrier's knee on his wrist his, and uh, he broke his wrist. So uh, speedy recovery to, uh, to Kazee. Um, Steven Sims made, made the roster, um, which I was uh, – I don't want to say I was surprised, but I thought if they were going to keep a receiver in place of um, of Calvin Austin, it, it would have been Vaughn since he had a really good preseason. I thought, but then again, so did Stephen Sims. He he looked really good, and he's had a he's had a bit of a uh, a run in the NFL. So they're keeping him around. I'm not sure if he's going to stick around after Austin returns, but you never know. I mean, this might be one of those years for Austin that's just a lost rookie year because of. Uh, because of getting off to a slow start due to that injury that he suffered. He, you know, he, he was dazzling in camp prior to the preseason. Then he, he suffers an injury and he spends the entire preseason in a, a walking boot and he doesn't play. So it could be a, a lost year for him. And maybe people like Sims and miles Boykin, uh, they'll st- stick around the entire year and, and, uh, contribute. So we'll see how that goes on the trade front. Uh, the Steelers made a couple of uh, trades after their cutdown day. They added veteran lineman, offensive lineman Jesse Davis. I think it was on Tuesday. They sent a. <laughs> this is what I, I still don't get what this means. They sent a conditional uh, 2025 seventh round pick to the Vikings for Davis. Um, so. He'll be here through the 2022 campaign. I, I assume he'll 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 stick around the entire year, although you never know. Uh, but he's a a, a for, uh, an undrafted free agent. I think it was in 2015. I want to say, 
And he, he started 72, 72 games with uh, the Dolphins uh, through 2021, but then he signed a, a one-year deal with the Vikings this past offseason. And the reason why, I mean, I'm not an expert on, on offensive line play. I'm not really an expert on anything when it comes to, to the X's and O's side of football and player positions and everything. But I do know that a 30-year-old lineman who can play various positions but center and has started 72 games in the NFL would probably be more valuable than a contract that I think paid him or was going to pay him $1.25 million or something like that, $1.5 million. Um, in 2022, and his cap hits 1.45. I do know that much. So guys like that, uh, guys who are, who are really valuable, don't get signed to contracts like that. So that tells me that that Davis is probably not the answer to the Steelers' offensive line woes. Um, to me, he seems like an like, like I wrote about on Friday. He seems like an uh, an older version of of Joe Haig. Um, maybe they were looking to save a little bit of money by bringing him in. Maybe they were just looking to find an upgrade over Haig in terms of, of a guy who can play guard and, and tackle. And if something happens uh, with one of the tackles or one of the guards, he can step right in and, 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 and do a nice job filling in. We'll see. Um, certainly it's not going to, he's not, I don't think they brought him in here to, to compete for a starting job. I mean, if they do, then it's, it's an indictment to people like Dan Moore or Kevin Dotson or whomever he would, who, who, whoever's job he would, he would um, take over, you know, without an injury, of course. So, um, you know, what to do about the line was well, like I talked about last week. You just have to kind of bite the bullet for now. If you're the Steelers, if you're the fans, and you have to realize that it, it's going to take, it's, it's still a process. It, it's an ongoing process. Uh, if, if you watch Sunday's game at uh, Acrisure Stadium, they, again, struggled. I mean, they struggled to run the ball. They struggled to, to protect the passer. Uh, none of the, of the three quarterbacks that played had much time <laughs> in the pocket. And, you know, it was kind of alarming. Dan Morris continued to struggle. Um, most of those guys really struggle. So I don't know what you can do at this point, but you can't, you're not going to be able to, to fix the issue with a, a veteran lineman that you, you, you got for a conditional future seventh round pick. That's certainly not going to be the answer. So like we keep saying, you just have to hope that, that they can find continuity together that individually they can, they can find a way to improve, uh, especially guys like like Moore and 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 um, Shooks and and hopefully Daniels is just going through a a tough time adjusting to his new team. So individually, they have to learn how to get, they have to try to get better um, through coaching and, and practice, and collectively, they have to find a way to to work together as a, as a five man unit. I mean, we've talked about that many times. It gets mentioned every time anyone who knows what they're talking about with the offensive line, when they, when I, when I, when I talk about uh, the problems, one of the things they mention is it, it takes time for them to gel as a unit. And apparently that's more important for the offensive line than any other position in, 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 
football, maybe other than the secondary, you know, learning how to work together and figure, you know, you know, works, you know, this is learning each other's tendencies and, and their moves and how they react in certain situations. So like I talked about last week, it, it was, it was an ugly four or five years here before they finally turned a corner. And I'd say the end of 2013 uh, is when they kind of started to settle down and, 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 and gel as a unit. And that carried over into the next year. And eventually they had one of the premier offensive lines in the NFL. So, you know, it's, it's probably one of those deals where they're going to have to try to get through 2022 and hope to see improvement. And then next year, since they've, they've thrown so many, you know, they've, they've addressed a lot of other areas over these past three or four drafts, including linebacker, uh, running back, quarterback, obviously, uh, defensive line, secondary. Uh, so now they're going to have to maybe throw some uh, premium picks at the line if, if there isn't a drastic improvement this year, um, which is exactly what they did the last time in the uh, early 2010s when they finally decided to to start throwing premium picks at, at, at the offensive line. So it's just a matter of them trying to get through this year and then uh, see where they are as far as um, – as far as uh, players like Moore and, and Dotson and Kendrick Green and and Shooks and those guys, have they made any strides to the point where you're you're confident that they can be a part of the offensive line in the future? That you know the, the Jesse Davis trade is kind of like eh, you know it's a it's a meh trade, but the trade they made. I think it was after Davis or maybe it was before was when they brought in Malik Reed from the Broncos uh, for, they, they swapped six round picks and then the Steelers also got a seventh round pick, I guess for next, for next year uh, in the Reed deal. And he's an outside linebacker, edge rusher uh, spent 2019 undrafted free agent or free agent out of Nevada. Spent his first three years in Denver uh, he was a basically a full-time starter the last two years due to injury, including Von Miller, who missed most of 2020 with a with a an ankle injury, and um, he recorded uh, 13 sacks the last two years, which you know for an undrafted free agent that's not bad. He has 15 in in 45 games, um, and he was obviously brought in to address the uh, the depth problem at outside linebacker. Uh, behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, so it looks like a good deal. I'm not saying this guy's a, a starter material long term, or, or the next James Harrison, but for 2022, and you know he's, he'll be a free agent after this year. But for this season, he looks like he, he could provide them quality uh, snaps as a backup, and that's it's really all you can ask for when you're talking about uh, your backups, you know, like I, I said in the past, people, people seem to want that, that ironclad insurance policy when it comes to uh, depth and at every position, you're just not going to get that in most cases. Uh, you know, people always say, I'm concerned about the depth at insert position here. Well, 
I mean, you could probably say that for most teams in the NFL. It's, it's just not like it used to be in the 90s. Um, you know, like when Bill Cowher was the coach and he seemed like he always had quality depth. Well, you know, with the with the with these contracts becoming more and more outrageous for these uh, star players at just about every position, it's hard to to, uh, to have quality backups, uh, people waiting in the wings, um, and a lot of players they don't want to be stuck behind a lot of quality backups. Don't want to be stuck uh, behind starters for three or four years. They, they want they want out. They want to get traded. So it's hard to it's hard to maintain. Um, quality depth in 2022. So um, it's going to be an issue for, for, for uh, a lot of teams and the Steelers are no, are, are no different. We just think they are because, you know, we're, we're so, we have such tunnel vision about them, but believe me, other teams are going through the same problem. Having said that, I think uh, Reed will be a, 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 a fine a fine uh, backup for them and probably a third linebacker and and, uh, Jones should uh, factor in too into the rotation, which is probably why they, they brought him in here. They wanted him to be, they probably saw him as an upgrade over uh, Tuska. So I think that's something that if you're, if you were worried about the depth that outside linebacker, that that kind of addresses that. I think they did that as as they addressed it as well as they possibly could Uh, considering what they're paying TJ Watt. It's hard to have a, uh, a, a, a expensive backup. Um, and another good thing about Reed is, is he's a young player. He's an undrafted free agent. He's not a former number one pick like, like Melvin Ingram was last year coming in here, a veteran, a guy who probably thought as it turned out that he, you know, he probably, he, he was a little disingenuous about his, uh, intentions when he walked in the, in the door, uh, he probably had designs on Alex Highsmith's job and, you know, by the end of the year or before the, the trade deadline, they, they had to ship him out. And Mike Tomlin kind of said, you know, we got to reevaluate the kind of players we bring in here because um, it's probably better if we bring in guys uh, from the start and, and, and let them know their role from the start and let them grow in that role from a rookie on up. Well, Reed's not that, exactly that but he is uh he is a career um backup i mean yeah he has started the last two years due to injury but um he knows his role as of right now and that's as a backup so i'm happy with that deal and uh the question remains now with uh let's see nine days to go until the start of the uh 22 regular season are they done? And they pro- they're probably not done. They're probably going to make more moves. They're probably going to try to uh, address uh, other positions, maybe. I don't know. Um, if you look at some of the areas, um, Kazee, for example, was, was a loss for them. But they do have Norwood, who I think, has the potential to, to be a, a similar player. And he showed a, that a lot last year. Um, are they, are they happy with, with their safety depth? Are they happy with their cornerback depth? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but there's still uh, nine again, nine days to go before the start of the season. So there's still time to make moves. And even after the season starts, um, 
there's there you know the moves continue and that's why i kind of feel bad about some of these uh players that you know like like jalen warren that you know that was a great story if you ever, if you heard the, the soundbite of him talking about how he couldn't believe that he actually made the team you know the, the undrafted free agent that kind of was the uh one of the the uh Cam Darlings, the one of the Isaac Redman Award. Um, I think he won the award. From the, it was either him or Mark Robinson. I forget who won, but um, he certainly uh, captured our, our our fancy as fans. And listening to him him describe that feeling, it was almost like watching Invincible with uh, Mark Wahlberg about how you know I, I called my family. You know, I I let them know that I made it. I, I found you know I made it into the NFL. I'm I'm an NFL player, but oftentimes those guys that, that just make it, they just make the final cut. They fall victim to, to a, a numbers game later on in the year, sometimes a week or two later and they, and they, and they get cut and because maybe somebody got hurt at, at a different position and, and they had to make a move. So I, I kind of, you know, I feel, I'm happy for those guys when they make it, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, don't get too excited because, you know, something could happen and you might, you might have to, uh, you might wind up on a practice practice squad. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and keep checking back to behind the store curtain for, uh, for news in that regard. What else do I want to talk about tonight? Oh, yes. I want to talk about what I was kind of kidding uh, Kyle about the other uh, at the beginning of the show. And that's uh, Thursday night's backyard brawl between Pitt and uh, and uh, West Virginia. Um, if you happen to catch that game on, on, on ESPN, I mean... Acrisure Stadium was electric. It was fantastic. I, I have never seen that stadium, or I should say, I haven't seen that stadium look like that for a college game, maybe ever. Um, maybe, maybe 2016 when Pitt and Penn State they had a, a three-point game, and of course the, the stands were full because, um, at, you know that you know back then it was called Heinz Field. And uh, it was their, it was the first time the two teams played each other since 2000, and it was an exciting game. And there are a lot of uh, Penn State alum in Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, so maybe then. But uh, you know, Thursday night it was the first time that they that they that the two teams played each other for 11, in 11 years, and it, it was a just a thriller. And it went right down to the last few seconds, and. To me, that's what college football is all about. And to me, that's where college football kind of has it over the NFL, I think, because um, like the, the rivalries that exist in, in college sports, like I don't care what, what, what you talk about the Ravens and the Steelers, Ravens and Browns. There's just nothing about, there's nothing quite like a college sports rivalry. Because for one thing, so many of these schools are, like for example, Pitt and, and West Virginia are 75 miles apart. You know, how many NFL teams are 75 miles apart, right? I mean, it's like, you know, when I grew up in the 80s, when Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia played each other all the time back before conference realignment, you know, you, know, you would, you, you, I'd go to school with, um, 
Penn State fans and West Virginia fans, kids wearing WVU shirts and, and Penn State shirts and Pitt shirts, right? I mean, that's like we all we were all Steeler fans on Sunday, but on Saturday we all had different allegiances because of uh, of the close proximity of these schools. You know, Penn State's two hours away in Central PA, so you know that's where uh, college football has it over the NFL, I think that kind of atmosphere and what you saw at, at Acrisure stadium on Thursday, that's that, that kind of college atmosphere. It's rare to see in, in, in Pittsburgh. And that's why, you know, I, I just hope that they can find a way to these two schools anyway, to, to, to have this, this uh, game played every year, you know, at, here in, in, in Morgantown, West Virginia, because it, it just, it's just, it's, it's clear that these two schools were made for each other as far as sports rivals. You know, they talk about chemistry and romance. Well, when it comes to college uh, football, certain schools just have certain chemistry that, you know, they have to play each other every year. The rivalry is just too good. Uh, the fan bases are just too similar. And the hatred is just too real, you know. It's like it's one thing to have uh, – uh, you know, those are neat too, like the the competitive rivals that, that develop that have nothing to do with geography, like uh like Notre Dame and USC. That's that's cool, right? But those interstate rivals, those in-state rivalries, those it's just it's just it's just fantastic. So it was it was a great time. It was one of the most exciting games I've ever seen, uh college or pro, and one of the most fantastic finishes and to kind of relate it to the Steelers a little bit. That's what you know, Pitt is where the Steelers want to be. They're new again, Pitt, Pitt Panthers. They're new. Uh, they're exciting. The fans are buying in. They finally got over the hump last year by winning the ACC championship. Uh, if you're a Pitt fan, you know how, how, uh, you, you dreaded that how much you dreaded a possible collapse at the end, how they were going to screw something up. Cause that's, that had been their history for so long since the early eighties, but they finally got over that hump last year. They went to a, a premium bowl game, the peach bowl. Um, so they're new, they're exciting. They have a good thing going. They, 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 you know, this, this, their current run that they're on could maybe propel them in, into some success that they haven't seen since the seventies. Uh, the Steelers are trying to get back there again. They're trying to get back to that, to that, um, th that kind of a, a thing. You know, people were talking about the attendance last year. Why was it so low? You know, why, why were there were so many no shows? Why did the atmosphere seem so um, underwhelming? I think it's because people had had seen enough of the. That you know, that the show that started in 2004 when Big Ben came in, and that Super Bowl run, and they were they were trying to hold on to that to the past uh, with him as their quarterback. And I think people just realized that, that they had jumped the shark as an organization. You know that era had jumped the shark, and it was time to move on. So um, Pittsburgh has a young team, as we've talked about before. They have a. a what, what looks to be a, a good to great young quarterback in Kenny Pickett, who played for Pitt, obviously. So there's hope that they can get back there again. And he could be the guy that le helps lead them there. Maybe not this year. It's probably going to be Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. But in, in 
2023 and beyond, there's a chance for this, for, for a rebirth for these Steelers, like there was in the early 90s under Bill Cowher after Chuck Norr retired. So um, I like those similarities uh, with Chuck Norr and, and passing the baton to Bill Cowher 30 years ago and Big Ben indirectly passing the baton to Kenny Pickett, maybe not in two, 2022, but certainly by next year. So I think that's uh, that's the kind of magic I hope to see at, at Acrisure Stadium again during Steeler games, something we really haven't seen, that kind of electricity. We haven't seen that for a Steelers game in quite a while, in my opinion, anyway. So those are my thoughts on for tonight, and I will spend some time answering some questions, highlighting some comments, and I'll start off with that. Steeler Chick 46, who says, I am actually drinking a beer tonight. You go, Steeler Chick 46. And uh, it's, it's, it's Labor Day weekend. It's, it's, it's a weekend to, to, to relax and, and, and uh, let your hair down. So this one is from Kathy Ford, and she asked, anybody pick up Tyler Vaughn's? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think they have. I, I I haven't seen anything, but he is a fine young receiver, and 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 I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up on a fifty-three man roster before long. Steelers Pittsburgh says Haig is the only surprise as far as the cuts for him, as far as he was concerned, and then they replace him with the Vikings dude. Yeah, I mean he didn't even really. I mean he's really a Dolphins player because he never really. Uh, I, I'm sure I obviously played in the preseason for Minnesota, but, but they dealt him away before, before he could play a regular game with them. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, like I wrote about on Friday, they're kind of grasping at straws. They're trying to figure stuff out because that's all they can do at the, at the moment. You know, I, I can't criticize them for it. And, but the reason why I wrote the article that I wrote is because I, I, you know, I think people were kind of assuming that this was an answer. Um, for like maybe a, a at left tackle or at left guard, and it, that, that's just not it. They're not they're not going to bring in a guy like this and 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 throw him in as the starter. They brought him in for depth. He's he's adjusting. You know, he's he's a in case of emergency break open uh, glass kind of a player. That's 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 who he is. Just like Joe Hake was for them last year. So. I think they're just trying to they're just trying to figure you know they they know what they had in Joe Haig, and maybe they're trying to find a, a, a slight upgrade with with Davis and who knows maybe uh, they were trying to save some money too. Oh, here's one that kind of I I, I kind of uh, forgot about Benny Snow that did kind of surprise me. This is from Kathy again, and she says it took a long time for me to admit Benny wasn't going to break out as RB one. Yeah, I think a lot of people were not just shocked, but sadly disappointed <laughs> that Benny Snell stuck around. But I'm not I'm not being original when I say this. Clearly, they like him for his special teams, and he's he's a really good special teams player, so that helps him stick around. But Kathy uh, brings up a good point about Benny Snell and and how it took her a while to to admit that that he wasn't going to be a starter in this league. 
because you know when these guys come into the league, these fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, and this is something that Tyler Warren might find out. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tyler Warren might find no Jalen Warren. <laughs> Jalen Warren. It's late. Jalen Warren might find out soon enough. And that's you know these these guys that uh, most of them don't go on to have productive careers. They they can stick around. They they can have NFL careers, um, but they don't. More often than not, they don't turn into stars. So I remember when Benny Stahl came here in 2019, we were excited about his productivity at Kentucky. Benny Snell football, downhill runner, you know, uh, he, he has, he's part of NFL royalty. His, his great, great uncle, I guess, played in Super Bowl um, three. He scored the uh, first touchdown of that game. Uh, but, you know, it just didn't work out. It just hasn't worked out that way. And before Benny Snell, a year earlier, it was Jalen Samuels. Fifth round pick out of out of NC State, jack of all trades, could play tight end, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield, running back. You know, will Jalen Samuels be the steal of the draft? He's the most versatile player, maybe in the draft. And you know, by year two, people people wanted him gone. <laughs> they, they had enough of Jalen Samuels, but that's just how it is. I mean, we we hype these guys up so much um, after they're drafted, and it's so much easier to do today because. Everybody has a voice. Everybody's on social media. Everybody has a podcast. Everybody's sharing their opinions. Everybody's breaking things down. And uh, you kind of, and it's fun. I mean, it's fun. I, I get, I, I get the, f- the fun part of it, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's important to remember that, that, you know, the hype usually doesn't, you know, these players don't usually live up to that kind of hype. Not, not these kind of guys, not fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round draft picks. So All right. Michael O'Malley says, Ayo, Tony. What's up, Michael? What else we have here? <laughs> Mark Malone, who, who joined us a lot, uh, former Steelers quarterback, I, 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 I hope. That would be just so cool. And he says, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have played behind those guys. Yeah, Mark Malone. And Mark Malone was a good athlete in this day. I mean, he had a 90-yard touchdown reception. At the time, it was the longest uh, touch, touchdown in team history uh, from Terry Bradshaw to Mark Malone back in 1981. So from, for, for Mark Malone to say that, I mean, that's, that's an indictment of our current, the Steelers' current offensive line. So that's a good point, Mark. By the way, Mark, I hope you get inducted. Ah, you're not going to get inducted to the Steelers Hall. What am I kidding? Who am I kidding? But I hope you have a relationship with the organization at some point. This one from Michael O'Malley about the offensive line, who has an uh, uh, opposite uh, take than uh, Mark Malone. And uh, another double M kind of Mark, Mark, uh, Michael O'Malley says, I, I absolutely hope they gel and really become a good unit. You and me both. You and me both. Because, um, you know, that would solve a lot of the problems, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I, like I keep saying, you, you can't address every issue with a premium pick or, or a, a, a expensive free agent. You have to hit on some of these uh, mid-round picks. And, and, you know, I said earlier that 
you know, these mid round picks and these uh, undrafted free agents, their chances of them becoming stars uh, are pretty slim, but you know, you can also have a pretty decent career as a role player. You know, Ramon Foster stands out in that regard. Al Villanueva, um, even BJ Finney, and of course, uh, Matt Fowler. I mean, they, they, they were all guys who, who were undrafted and, you know, they had nice careers for themselves. And that's why I was so excited about, about Dan Moore last year. And I'm still kind of holding out hope for him um, because, you know, to find a starting left tackle in the fourth round, that's rare. Um, but it, it's also often necessary if you, if you want to build a 53 man roster, because again, you can't, you can't address every issue with a, a premium pick. It's impossible. I see Bobby Brister is also joining us and he's saying hello to Mark Malone. I, I, did they, did their paths cross in Pittsburgh? I think they did. Yes. That's right. Mark Malone and uh, Bobby Brister, and they, they, uh, they're in the chat just about every, every, every show now, which is, uh, which is cool. And Sheila Chick informs me that Mark Robinson, the seventh round pick out of Ole Miss, the uh, inside linebacker, the heavy hitter, the quick twitch muscle guy, boy, is that guy explosive. Um, he won the Isaac Redmond award and, uh, he narrowly beat out Jalen Warren. So, I'm starting to get excited about Mark Robinson as Shannon White has been since day one. But the more I think about this guy, and as I said, quick twitch, this guy is so explosive. You know, he brings something to, to, to the, that, that, that core that, you know, guys like uh, even Miles Jack doesn't have that, that, that kind of athleticism at this point. And it seems like I'm not sure if Devin Bush ever did. Of course, Marcus, uh, uh, Robert Spillane and, and, and those guys, they, they, you know, all these down the liners, they don't have that kind of athleticism that Mark Robinson appears to have uh, as a seventh round pick. And I, and I, one has to wonder what this guy's draft pedigree would have been had he played inside linebacker for his entire college career and had done so for Ole Miss. Uh, you know, he transferred from a couple of smaller schools. He was a running back. Uh, which might ex- explain his athleticism. He was running back, and then he switched over to, to um, inside linebacker as a walk-on for Ole Miss last year, and he won a starting job, and he had a, a pretty darn good year. So one has to wonder what he could have, what his draft stock could have been had he had he been a full-time uh, linebacker before turning pro. So, I mean, they may have just scra- scratched the surface with this guy. And the fact he's working with Brian Flores – this is a linebacker's coach, one one of the, the brightest defensive minds in the, in the NFL today. I mean, that's that, that can only help him. I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, uh, it's like working with Mike Munchak. If he doesn't learn from Brian Flores, then you know he was never going to learn from anybody. So, who knows? I mean, maybe you know those uh those underdog stories. I mean, they're they're rare, but when they when they happen, I mean, you know. They're James Harrison. <laughs> they're guys like that. They're they're Willie Parker. They're Mike Hilton. You know, so it is possible. It is possible that this guy can turn into a player for them. So we'll see what happens. All right. 
And Evan Gallus says, so Malik Reed is wearing number 50. He's going to wear Ryan Shazier's number. Oh, I mean, I don't think he's the first one. since Is he, is he the first one since Shazier had his uh, his uh, injury to wear number 50? I, I don't know. But uh, apparently he's going to wear that in 2022. Claude Bishop asks, do you think the run defense will be better this year? I do. And and that's simply due to the fact that Alu Alu and uh, Ogunjobi are going to be starters. Um, and uh, neither one of those guys was in the lineup last year. Alu Alu was lost uh, in the second week for the year. And, of course, Tuit missed all of last year. And Ogunjobi was uh, in Cincinnati. So from that standpoint alone, I think they're going to be um, better. But, I mean, the question is, are they going to be on the field? Uh, all that often together as a, as a not just the two of them, but the two of them and Cam Hayward, because uh, they're they're using so much, what two so many uh, packages with two de- two down defensive linemen. So you know it, it, it can't just be um, those guys that's, that stop the run. It's got to be the inside linebackers, you know, the, the dime linebackers, the nickelbacks, those kind of guys. Obviously, Watt and Highsmith. Um, yeah, so I think they're going to be better. I mean, it's hard to be much worse. It's hard to be worse. I can tell you that. I mean, it was really bad last year. So we'll see. And Clyde Bishop says of Joe Haig, he's better than uh, Jesse Davis. I, I would I would assume he's talking about Jesse Davis. Maybe he is, but again, maybe it was just a, a cost cutting move too. They saved a little bit of money, I think, by bringing him in here. Steelers Pittsburgh says, Randy Lamb meeting Randy Fickner ruined Jalen Samuel's career. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, he had a pretty darn good rookie year here um, under Randy Randy Fickner. Remember that, uh, that, that, Patriots game when he rushed for like 140 yards and that win over the Patriots at the end of 2018 kept him in the playoffs. I think Samuel was just was was somebody who, like a lot of uh, players in recent years on, on offense, he got caught up in the in the problems as a whole with the offense, meaning too many different coordinators, quarterback problems, the line deteriorating, and he was the fifth round pick, so they weren't going to give him that many chances. So he, he lasted what uh, three years, which you know for a fifth round pick, it's actually pretty common. So I just think he, you know, he more than likely reached his full potential. And again, we probably hyped him up more than he 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 needed to be hyped up because that's what we do now. Yeah, you know, you know, anytime these, these guys uh, uh, get drafted or signed, or you know, there's like a, a big thing online about it like they just signed uh you know a future hall of famer you know it's just it's just everything is so hyped up in 20 in 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 the modern era that i think we just we 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 think these guys are much better than they actually are it's easy to do you know when it's the middle of april or middle of may and and uh you're excited about the season and the season's four or five months away well it's easy to like to talk yourself into thinking that you know oh my gosh look at these highlights look at the you know this guy's coordinator in college is, is a is a tight end coach for the Steelers now 
oh my gosh, he, he's going to have all kind of special packages for him. You know, and that's what we do every year. And, and it, it usually, you know, as they say, water finds its own level. And there's a reason why somebody's picked in the fifth round. There's usually, there's usually a reason why somebody's undrafted. And there's usually a reason why somebody's drafted in the first round. And, you know, if you, if these guys play long enough, they, they let us know why their draft stock was what it was when they, when they became pros. Claude Bishop asks million dollar question. Do you think the Steelers will make the playoffs? I'll say this provided the defense stays healthy and provided they get decent quarterback play from Mitch Trubisky. And then maybe Kenny, Kenny Pickett later on in the year. I think they're going to be where they were the last, last year in, in 2018 and 2019. And that's, they're going to be in it in the final week. And uh, maybe they'll, they'll, need to win and get in or need to win and need some help. I think that's the kind of team they're going to have this year. Uh, if everything goes right, maybe nine and eight, if everything goes sour, six and 11, seven and 10, but you know, nine, seven and one got them the seventh seed last year. So as of right now, that's what I'm predicting. They're going to be once again, fighting for a, a, a playoff spot at the end of the year. I mean, you look at the AFC, it's just so loaded, you know, and their schedule is so tough especially to start the year. You got the Bengals, the Bills in there, the Patriots who are, I mean, they're, they're not the Patriots anymore, but you know, they're, they're still pretty tough and they made the playoffs last year. You know, the entire AFC West is, is loaded. Uh, you know, the, the Bills are, are primed to make a, uh, make it to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl this year. You know, the Ravens are healthy again. Obviously the Bengals are the defending AFC champions who have, you know, blown Pittsburgh out the last three years. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a daunting uh, task. But I think if their defense is, again, if their defense is, is dominant and healthy, and if their quarterback play is even just above average, I think they can hang in there until the end. All right. I think I've talked long enough. And on that note, I will call it a night. I will wish you all a, a, a happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you enjoyed that college football. I mean, college football is great. I'm, I love college football. And I'm, you know, now that that nail biter is out of the way with Pitt and West Virginia, I can, I can watch some great college football this week with, 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 uh, without uh, having a heart attack. So I'm looking forward to Notre Dame, Ohio state and those kind of games this weekend. It's just, it's just such a great time of year. So you guys enjoy your holiday and you guys enjoy your, your, your weekend. And until I talk to you again, have a, uh, 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 again, a great weekend. And as always, go Steelers. Goodbye, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.